see now. A lot of a lot of films on the channel because I'm trying to catch up because I uh, last few months I've let it slide because I've been trying to catch some 2020 films. So I'm um, I'm trying to get back to completion on that. And I'm getting pretty close. I've got maybe about 60 films left that I need wow. to watch on the channel. But, so many. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, and, and and a lot of them I'm finding that you know a lot of surprises out there. I mean a lot a lot of a lot of films that. I wouldn't have expected to enjoy, you know, for instance, the other night I watched Sergeant Rutledge, Sergeant Rutledge mm. by John Ford. And I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I, I enjoy his films, but this is one of the late, late era John Ford films, 1960. And I can see that uh, he is, he was really taking some big strides at that point in his career. When you think of his other films that was, you know, for the rest of his career, yeah, I can I can see that. I think late late Ford yeah. was uh, still pretty solid. I I want to yeah. say I, I, uh, the Searchers was fifty six, right? So yeah. Yeah, even earlier I think maybe fifty four. I'm not yeah, sure, but yeah, yeah it was in it was in the mid fifties. Yeah, and you could see that was a certain point where he was trying to re recalibrate his thinking on uh, the old West and the, the American mythology, and he really confronts it head on with Sergeant Rutledge. Huh, I'll check it out. Well, I watched Ted Lasso recently, <laughs> so it's fun. It's it's nice comfort comfort yeah. food, uh, and I watched the Beastie Boys documentary lately uh, last night, which was pretty good. That's we, good. That's we we got the Apple the Apple uh, se- series, Apple or, yeah, Apple Plus. Um, so with, I think there's a couple. There's the um, uh, what's the the Coppola with Bill Murray? Um, I want to say it's On the Rocks or something like that. That I, that we might okay. see. There's a couple others. Okay. The Wolf Walkers, uh, some some current films. Yeah. So is this for a trial, or are you actually already started paying for it? Yeah, it's for a trial, but I think okay. I think it's like a week trial. So we'll probably. So you're gonna try it, keep we're it, try it, and uh, yeah, but I don't think there's enough there to keep us though. That's one okay. thing you can go so broke with all these streaming services. <laughs> you can pay yeah. three times cable if you have them all. Um, That's true, you know. Or you've got friends or family who can share their share their uh, passwords. Like for, in my case, I don't subscribe to either HBO or uh, Disney, but I have a nephew who, describe, who subscribes to one, and a, and a, my sister subscribes to the other, so I can I have access to them. And um, you know, I'm enjoying a few movies every now and then on those. But again, I would not pay for those services. You know. Yeah, that's a gray area. So we're definitely in the in the, the um, unedited portion. But I, I I know people that do that too. Well, it's not gray in that in that they're allowed so many. Um, oh, it is okay. Uh, yeah, I have my own profiles on each of them, which means that that they're actually, I think they allow three per three extra persons, so four persons total can share an account. So there's nothing there's nothing illegal or gray about it so yeah oh, okay. I've, that's good enough I, yeah I, I, I bet i yeah i've been more concerned about saying something like that even in the um uh, you know even in the uh patreon area of the of the conversation yeah but yeah yeah no I, that's that's good to hear and i know you're a very ethical person so um yeah, well maybe, so, maybe, right. maybe i'll start loaning out my uh give my my family an account yeah. that um because i'm always recommending movies or something and they you know i don't have that streaming service so okay yeah well, well, the uh, only drawback with Criterion Channel is that you can share three uh, to two other persons, but you can't create a separate profile. Yeah, which means there's there's only one checklist, well, one watch list, and one, uh, you know, resume watching list. So it's it, it can get complicated yeah. if you want to share your uh, account with uh, the Criterion Channel account. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, most of my family would uh, not really 
care about you know they'd be like why do you are you getting Bergman and all these weird films and your your recommendations and then of course I'd probably get theirs so mm-hmm. well in, anyway Michael we had wanted to have you on uh, so this is I'm, I'm calling it an emergency episode I okay. wasn't planning to record this this weekend but some pretty big things happen and really you're the guru of a lot of uh, uh, a lot of this the criterion um, uh, history I guess you're you're kind of keeper of a lot of data and we you shared some with me so uh so i i thought you'd be the ideal person to, to talk about this and uh, i think people would appreciate you know your perspective on uh on this really the out of print situation and what right. um how we're gonna face that so the of course the big news is paramount uh we have six titles out of print um kind of a surprise uh yep days of heaven la dolce vita don't look now harold and maude Nashville and Rosemary's Baby. And I don't know about you, but I was surprised because there was people were already room, um, thinking of this because a lot of t- titles sold out at the flash sale. And this is right. immediately afterwards. So um, I, I think I even tried to shoot it down before I saw, wait a minute. Oh, I, I did as well. Yeah. Because, yeah. and even still, there's titles unavailable. But no, these are out of print. Uh, so this is the first time since. Well, besides the confession, I think this is the first big, big um, uh, pull uh, since Studio Canal. Would you say? Right. There's only been uh, in the last three years we've lost uh, the confession and Z, uh, both of the Costa Gavras films, and that was back in 2018. And there's been a few kind of outlier titles go out of print. Mainly, it's the DVD boxes, like the Antoine mm-hmm. Duanel box and the America Lost and Found DVD box and uh, the complete Mr. Arcaden is also out of print. But other than that, you know, oh, and then the Blu-ray of of, uh, Guillermo del Toro's trilogy is also out of print officially. Oh, really? And I suppose, yeah, 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 I suppose that's because of the special packaging at a certain point. They only printed, you know, the press room is probably so expensive that they Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't want to go back and press it again, you know. So do they have uh, just a regular jewel case or whatever? That, you know. Yeah, you know? they they have the they have the DVDs of it, which all which okay. only came in in the uh, the slip case. I mean the uh, a slip box mm-hmm. with the three individual films that were available separately to begin with. They just kind of packaged them together. So yeah, uh, that special packaging for the Blu-ray set is no longer available. And that was been, that's been a about a year or so ago that that went out of print. Yeah, so this is a, a big one. Uh, that so the, it is, yeah. There are, and um, un, it, it appears. I mean, who knows what what's happening with Paramount? Uh, we know they they have their streaming service. I think they uh, put some ads out in the uh, Super Bowl, um, yeah. and they put out some uh, some of these titles on their own. I, I believe I know Days of Heaven, Harold uh, Mott, I believe is it, when was it Rosemary's Baby? I don't have that in front of me, but it, was, it wasn't the whole list. Uh, so maybe Nashville is coming out later. Uh, just like the day, Days of Heaven contrast, seeing that cover versus the Criterion, it's a uh, it's night and day. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I believe those titles were announced last week, and that was the point on Facebook when we were, we were discussing and trying to shut down the fact that Criterion had not marked them as out of print. And I keep saying, you know, currently unavailable. It's not the same thing as out of print. Right, right. And I said, I'll believe they're out of print when Criterion marks them out of print. 
And then we found out on maybe it was a Tuesday of this week that they are officially now out of print. Yep. So that, that was a shocker. Yeah. They're gone. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, what was your reaction? Well, I, the way I look at it now, um, I think it's just a chance of Viacom, you know, CBS, Viacom, to put out uh, – to kind of rebrand themselves as Paramount. Mm-hmm. You can see that with the new streaming service and all that. And I think it's a, a way of creating, of course, their own boutique label. That's part of it too. And um, and you can see they're cherry-picking the big titles. Yeah. Uh, they, they didn't get all of the Criterion uh, films that Criterion had licensed from Paramount. And there's at least a dozen more that that are sitting there, and uh, I can't I can't see many uh, many of these titles being put out by Paramount on its own label, so uh, I'm not that concerned. But I, we could, we could be surprised, like you were saying, like back in Studio Canal Day, uh, they announced one year maybe a couple dozen titles being pulled, and and the rest of them stayed. But we learned later that it was only because of the limited. Uh, because those films were licensed for certain time periods, and as those films became uh, the contracts or the license expired, then we were losing those titles as well. Mm-hmm. So that that great uh, studio canal purge took place over about two or three years, and so uh, that that's why uh, at first it was a shock, and then we just started getting used to it. And so it could be the same thing here with Paramount. We're just seeing the first set of them that they want to uh, you know present. And they're pretty big titles, and they're, and they're, and I think they're popular enough to where you would you would think that this would be the exact titles that that Paramount would want to put out. Mm-hmm. You know, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Rights negotiations, licensing are very complicated. Uh, there was uh, I'm going to just call him a guy a guy on Twitter, <laughs> who said yeah. he wrote uh, John Mulvaney uh, from Criterion Collection, and and Mulvaney said that uh, it was just these these few and not to expect any others. So um so hopefully that's, that's correct. I, I guess any of us could write him. I could write him. I know you have before. Um, right. I might maybe a little peace of mind if we uh, hear it from them. And of course, it would be nice if they give gave us a heads up. But I guess they haven't before and probably won't again. Uh, of course, now you can it, temporarily. I think you can still buy. There's still some copies, you know, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. I think people have found. Right. But I would imagine those will probably be snatched up pretty soon if they haven't already. And then there's the eBay. So yeah, they're going to be expensive. Oh yeah, we, we, there's going to be the eBay vultures are going to swoop in. But uh, there may be a few in the in the uh, distribution stream, the pipeline out there. So yeah, you may be you know go go to a, an out of place uh, Barnes and Noble and, and go to their Criterion section and find find a few of them in there. Uh, I noticed you that you list. Uh, uh, Fellini's La Dolce Vita uh, as a out of print uh, title. Not, not correct. In, well, it's out of print as a standalone. Oh right, and, right. Uh, yeah. When, whenever I record my uh, my list of out of print uh, films, I don't do it by releases because their releases go in and out of print all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just that you know cert- certain times they'll they'll either be upgrades and all that, and so the earlier releases will you know, go out of print. So I'm looking at La Dolce Vita as an in-print title that is only now available in the essential Fellini box set. Gotcha. And uh, some people would think that I'll be quit that I'm quibbling whenever I say that. But you think about like the Tati films, you know, they're not available anywhere except in the box set. So uh, 
there's no reason to think of La Dolce Vita as being an out-of-print title as far as criterion is concerned. You know? Right. I guess you can get it. Uh, just it's a, you're going to get a few more films. It's for those, yeah, for those yes, that don't buy the box sets. It's, <laughs> yeah. Um, it'll I, be expensive. Yeah. I want to say that a couple of the Vardas might, I, I can't remember if the Varda films were Studio Canal, a part of that out of print, but, um, but yeah, that, that actually does um, make you wonder, um, as you mentioned, the, uh, the Del Toro set, uh, the packaging was t- t- uh, you know, th- tough to, to print. Uh, the Fellini set is not exactly uh, the easiest uh, packaging, probably to print either. Oh um, yeah. So I, you you kind of wonder, you know, if if one title is they've lost the rights to it, then they might all, you know, the um, I know there's the uh, uh some of the um, was it the Hundred Years of Janus? I, that set exists still. I I know probably people don't buy it. Doesn't I it? believe it's. I believe it's officially out of print now. Okay. It, it was. It was in print for years because, of course, it was only DV and it was. Uh, they were uh, bare bone releases of the DVDs, but uh, I think they were in print up until a few years ago. That box set, and it okay. it, it did include some Studio Canal titles in there. So mm-hmm. that that could have been at that point the only time you could have found a copy of a Studio Canal film. Uh, in a in an in print. Uh, criterion release, yeah. And I've I've seen some people talk online about other Paramounts, and I think uh, some people are buying the Friends of Eddie Coyle and Medium Cool. Um, and yeah. I, I I just I've seen those two uh, po- pointed out a couple times. Uh, but any other Paramounts that you um you think people should might want to you know proactively buy? That... Well, the only one I'm really concerned about is the Elephant Man, and it was a recent release. It came yeah. out last year. And I'm thinking that maybe they they have a window uh, in which to sell their their films. Uh, not being an, a Criterion insider, I have no idea about what kind of license Criterion gets from 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 people like Paramount. I believe I had a discussion with Matt Geisteyer about this, where I always assumed that it was based on uh, just renewal, like two or three year. Uh, licenses mm-hmm. and then renewed at the end of those periods, uh, depending on which party, you know, and maybe different uh, money. Com- I mean, the cost of them come into factor. Who knows? Mm. But uh, he he brought the fact that that there's also a possibility that that uh, Criterion licenses for the uh, the number of copies in a print mm-hmm. run. Yeah, yeah. Kinda I know like other Twilight Time labels did. do yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. but they don't announce yeah. the the number. <laughs> That's it. So we don't we don't know whether or not it was that or the other way. I'm kind of leaning more towards the fact that they're 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 based on uh, a time period and not a number of copies. Yeah, that that makes sense to me too. Yeah, uh, and uh, yeah, the Elephant Man. I just imagine if that uh, any David Lynch went out of print, uh, that yeah. would start fetching yeah. uh, very high prices. And I just yeah. just as we're talking, I checked Rosemary's Baby, and it's going for a hundred dollars on eBay already. Um, oh my goodness! Yeah. yeah. I, it's crazy. So you brought up the Flinny box set. Uh, you know, is there any worry that um, that because La Dolce Vita is there, and of course there's some some other films. Although I, it sounds like Studio Canal and Criterion have made up and are in business yeah. again. So I don't think we have <laughs> yeah. to worry about those. But uh, and would you worry about La Dolce Vita, or would you just tell people to buy the box set anyway? Well, I, of course, I would. I would recommend anyone to get that box set. But yeah, I. I'm, you know, maybe a little bit concerned because, it, as we were, as you said, it is expensive box to print, 
And uh, but it, they could have had a stipulation in their license that a film included in a box set is a different license. Mm-hmm. We've learned that we've learned that through other box sets where there's certain films, like for instance, the uh, even whenever the uh, the BRD trilogy came back into into print of Fassbender's uh, trilogy, one of those films was Studio Canal. I'm not sure which one exactly it was. And then, uh, so that started the rumors that was getting Studio Canal back. But I think that was just a special deal made for a box set. And we learned that also, you know, years ago, whenever the the uh, the Tati box was released, and those were uh, Studio Canal films. But my understanding back then was that uh, that the family yep. or the estate of Tati really had a hand mm-hmm. in convincing Studio Canal to let those titles go back to Criterion. Yeah, I think there have been a, a couple instances of that. But yeah, Tati, it was uh, it was the family. So yeah, more to come. This can happen. So that's, uh, that, that's yeah. the risk you take if you uh, don't want to buy a title. So if you can afford it, I know not everybody can. <laughs> I recommend buying what you want. Um, yeah, but yeah, just buy what you want. The thing, the thing is, there's also there's two new films coming up that are Paramount licensed, which is very strange during this whole period about you know Paramount pulling away. But the Furies, uh, right, a right. new the a new upgrade. upgrade of that is coming out. That is a Paramount title, and um, the Parallax View came out just a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago, and that is a Paramount title. So it's not like Steedo Canal uh, situation where they just everything is being pulled because they're giving their films to another distributor. In this case, I, I think as as I said earlier that they're just kind of cherry picking the best ones and um, trying to create that you know that very high profile among uh, collectors of physical media. Yeah, well, I'm not buying the Paramounts, and yeah, oh, oh, I, no, no, I think no, the, no. the the Furies is probably pretty safe. Uh, yeah, and uh, the Parallax View, you know, that's there's Warren Beatty, so I, I'd say it's probably more more famous or more popular than the Furies, but um, I, I, don't, I wouldn't be too worried about that. It's no uh, uh, Days of Heaven or Harold and Maude. Uh, yeah, the uh, mm-hmm. Rosemary's Baby. These are these are pretty pretty uh, uh, classic examples of classic cinema, uh, popular classic cinema. So, uh, all right, well they're they're gone. So it's, yeah. hopefully you got yours. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, I've had mine for now. But I, uh, I was wondering about uh, people's concern about the fact that uh, it's possibility of ever coming back, and that always also could happen too. You never, you never know. know. Yeah. I've, I've I've known films that uh, were released both by the studio and also licensed for special editions by Criterion. You know. Yeah, Army of Shadows, and, and, Pierre Lefou. Yeah. I mean, the Studio yeah. Canal. There, there's uh, examples of that. So. Right. Yeah, like yeah. Silence of the Lambs and Notorious. Uh, I mean, those are all came out in the mm-hmm. last three years. They, they were brought back. They were out of print and brought back by Criterion. So, yeah, even the three silent classics by Von yeah. Sternberg, yeah. those are paramount titles, you know. So Yeah, yeah. I can't see them putting putting their own uh, uh, Sternberg set out. But um, yeah, the, the one thing you get with conglomerates is, you know, they change strategy. And frankly, I... I it seems like, especially with COVID and everything, that streaming uh, is is a, a big industry to get to into. So that makes right. sense. But it, it's it's strange to see the big player launch a a, a boat or a, a physical release uh, line. So um so yeah, but they they might come back. They might say, oh, bad decision. Uh, nobody yeah. bought Roseberry's Baby. <laughs> They're just buying those hundred dollar uh, eBay copies. So we'll just uh, yeah. give it back to Criterion. Right. 
maybe uh, like the uh, like the uh, situation with Lionsgate and Studio Canal. They yep. figured that didn't work. You know, yeah. it took ten years for them to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you might, yeah, might might be a decade, but uh, yeah, that one for sure didn't work out. That was a, a bad move. Um, so they slapped their hand on that. Um, there's been a couple other items, so I just since I have you, I wanted to just kind of talk through some of these. Uh, as it turns out, I'm recording next week, but we're not talking about uh, this kind of stuff, so it's uh, actually kind of kind of good timing that I, I was able to to get get you on, back on the show, Michael. Uh, so the there's another uh, batch of a uh, well not batch, but it's the first batch um, of uh, Amazon releases that are that are, were announced uh, by it came out on IndieWire. I don't know. Um, who actually did the announcing, or if they just found out? But so, and these are all uh, recent films, uh, Oscar contenders from this year. So there's Sound of Metal and Time, the documentary, and then there's uh, Regina King's One Night in Miami. And uh, you know, we've seen this with Neon, we've seen it with uh, Netflix, some more recent films, and uh, it's the the response has been interesting. Some some people get. Uh, Little little feisty about it, to say the least. <laughs> um, I don't know. What, what are your opinions? Well, first of all, we're not in a position to to uh, pass judgment on films, and the whole idea of a film being criterion worthy just kind of irks me and to no end. You know, criterion has its decisions to make. It's a business. You know, whether those decisions are bottom line or more, you know, more more higher minded, I can't say. But yeah, it's it's. It's a company. They make certain decisions about at least certain films. And, you know, Amazon may be looking for some kind of partnership because they don't have a physical release uh, line for their for the films that they financed. So, yeah, it, it may work out to be a great deal. And 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 regardless of the value or the you know so-called quality of, of these set of films. And one of them, I think, is a masterpiece. So, yeah. I, I, I see no problem with it. I, I bet I bet we're thinking of the same one, but I will say there yep. is there is one criteria for it to or, or, or there's one uh, indicator that it's criterion worthy. What is that? Uh, it has the wacky C on it. It has the wacky C <laughs> on it. <laughs> Even if it's uh, uh, jellyfish eyes, you know how much I love that one. Uh, so okay, let's count to three and say our the one we think is a masterpiece. One, two, three. Sound Time. of Metal. Oh, okay. <laughs> Different. Okay. All right. Great. Right. That, is, <laughs> I, that is strange. I, I, I wouldn't say Sound of Metal is master masterpiece. I mean, but it was a really good film. Um, so, and Time's the one I, one I have not seen, so I'm uh, okay. excited. That's Let on. Yeah. Uh, so you, it's, it's good? It, oh, yeah. It, it's it's wonderful. It's just what what this director has done with this, with this almost like found footage in that uh, – this lady started recording home videos back in the 90s, late 90s, I think, or maybe early 2000s. Hmm. And the way he presents this and, and, and you, uh, the way it's edited and you, it goes back and forth between uh, certain time periods. And you see this uh, family go through these times, these troubles, troubled times, you know. So the, the title of the, the, the documentary is very, very, uh, very appropriate. Hmm. So I, I highly recommend it. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it uh, come out on on disc. You know, whether I'll buy it or not would depend ba mainly on uh, any uh, supplements and other stuff. And I that, I think that would be the same with any kind of uh, release that is readily available on a streaming service. I'm not the kind of person who who looks for like the the Blu-ray high definition quality. So streaming quality sure. is good enough for me. You know. 
but there are other people who just insist on on, on watching it first on disc, you know. So yeah, well, I haven't seen time, and I, I generally try to watch uh, a lot of the big Oscar films, and so if it, and I, I like documentary category. So if it was yeah. nominated, I, I would probably be tempted to watch it, but I'm I'm gonna wait, yeah. know, knowing yeah. that. Well, you know, why why waste the first time on uh, uh, again? Not that there's probably a major difference. One thing I do notice on TVs is sometimes with the dark scenes in streaming services, and we have a very fast internet connection here, but even still, yeah. sometimes they don't look um, as as good. It, of course, it'll never look as good as on disc. Um, they, oh, that's true. It's the yeah, the, just the the size of the file on the disc is is allowed to be a lot bigger than what they're gonna um, stream. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I love Sound of Metal. I think it. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about this because I think the uh, there's really interesting sound design on this. And I oh would yes, it was. Love this feature to see the features about that. I, I would love, to, and also just uh, there, it's about a deaf community. It's not about metal music, uh, not mostly not. Um, and I would I would love to learn more about these communities if they. I'm, I'm sure they exist. Uh, so, um, so yeah, and then, um, and so you've seen Sound of Metal? Metal? Oh, yes, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I uh, was recommended to it by my sister, who's not a rock music fan at all, and so she told me that, you know, that's that's not what it's about, you know, and it's really just a, just a story about someone, you know, coping with, with the uh, situation where, you know, where it's hard, and they... Yep. And they find ways of, of getting by, you know, sometimes making poor decisions, you know, like like all humans do every now and then. And, and sometimes, you know, come into certain realizations where it takes uh, takes you to go to hell and back to, to do it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoy that film. And you should, as you were speaking, the sound design is brilliant. You, even great, li- yeah. even listening to it on my TV without any surround sound, I could I could tell how great it was. You know? Yeah. What I did, uh, I, I watched the first half on uh, on the, the big screen TV. And then the second half, because the sounds were so good, I, I would never do this otherwise. I, I watched it on my iPad, and I put on the noise-canceling can- headphones, uh, and it was just a, it was a great experience that way. Obviously, that won't be the case with the disc. Uh, so, yeah, that, that I'm very excited about that. And then um, uh, One Night in Miami, I, I thought it was okay. It's it's you know kind of, kind of one of those, uh, it's very theatrical and stagey. You know, it's really, right. it's One Night in Miami, there it's, basically set in a hotel room and the performances are good i i I like regina king a lot so i'm I'm happy she's in the collection um i I think the probably i would be more interested in that i'm probably not going to watch it again even though i buy it but i would love some some supplements maybe i'd watch a commentary if if there was one Uh, but some supplements about that time period i think would be interesting um you know there there was a real life meeting in miami around that boxing match so um i I think King uh, took some license with the history, but I don't think anybody knows what was said in that room. Right. Yeah. But, uh, what do you think? I've not seen it. So, but it is on my list of 2020 films that I haven't gotten to yet. But yeah, it's one of those uh, what if situations. I think kind of reminds me of Nicholas Rogue's insignificance. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, you take yeah. historical figures and put them together in one room and let them talk it out. Either. In the case of Rogue, where uh, the philosophies uh, and uh, the ideas that that the people can bring up, and then you've got, of course, in One Night in Miami, the whole uh, situation about racism and uh, just being black in America. Mm-hmm. So I can see that it would be an interesting watch, but I haven't got to it yet. And I love Regina King, so yeah. Yeah, she's great. 
Um, and I, it's interesting that they told us when to expect them. So they'll they'll be out in 2021. So I'm, you know, we're we're almost to June announcements. So uh, probably we'll find out uh, within the next few months. Uh, I'm guessing towards the end of the year, uh, and then um, Sound of Metal will be next year, 2022. So, uh, yeah, I'm, we don't have wacky drawings anymore. And um, rest in peace, Mr. Poland. But uh, yeah. sometimes it's nice to get some some leaks here and there. Um, I'm, and I'm glad you feel that way. Uh, there was a also, and I'm gonna look it up on the Facebook group. I, I, the packaging for. Um, for War of One Car Y came out. Oh yes, I saw Brad posted it. Um, it's really tough for me to get a mental <laughs> uh, view of what this is actually going to look like. Yes, it could be amazing. Like, yeah. Wow, it's like origami. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you mean it, I? You know how uh, you had to unfold the box for uh, the the Blu-ray set of the. Uh, Guillermo del Toro trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Well, this seems like it's similar to that in that you have to open it up and then you pull out the actual folding box. The one they they described beginning as a Japanese fold or some kind of special uh, um, printing, um, the the way of, of printing certain things to make them fold together and to create the little booklet. But other than that, uh, that box, I mean, those photographs, whew. I'm not sure if I want to go through the chore every time of, of pulling a film out. <laughs> <laughs> I may just have to watch them when they come on to the uh, Criterion channel. But, yeah, no. no I, 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 you know, I'm look, really looking forward to it. Yeah, Even if I may have to spend more than regular because it's no, it's going to be too late. for I cannot wait until the uh, the next flash sales. So I'm, I'm maybe, maybe having to put out some money for it. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's uh, just in a few weeks, so we'll, we'll find out. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I almost want to watch an unboxing video just for instructions, <laughs> kind of like, <laughs> like furniture assembly, you know, so I don't mess it up. Uh, but, uh, no, I, I'll, I'll, I guess maybe, maybe I'll do a video on it. We'll see when I get it because uh, I ordered it from Criterion, and sometimes uh, I did get the Fellini set early, and I got the Bergman set early. So maybe yeah, hopefully hopefully I'll get this one a little little earlier. Uh, still excited about it. I'm um, so much to watch. I, I don't think I'm going to finish Fellini by, by the time uh, one car Y gets here, but uh, who knows? Uh, and then a couple other things. Uh, there's uh, Devil and Daniel Webster is being restored. Uh, so that one is already on Criterion. Uh, it's an older spine, right? Right, and it's uh, of course it's not been upgraded, uh, but. I read about the Film Foundation is the one who's restoring it, so that's that's a good that's, thing. That's great, yeah. yeah. And it seems like they—I'm not sure—they're reverting the title to the original uh, U.S. theatrical title, which I hate. Call all that money can buy, but uh, yes. who knows? I mean, in the announcement, they actually used that older title, which was the original title, but not the one that everybody knows it as the devil and Daniel Webster. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, believe it or not, I have not, not seen this one. It's one of the, those, oh. those DVD titles that I've been, um, you know, just waiting for an upgrade. Uh, I, even if I own them, I, I still prioritize the, uh, the blues, which makes sense. Oh, of course. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to it. I'll keep waiting. Cause I think this means, uh, an upgrade is, you know, really likely. I, I couldn't see it not happening. Oh yes. With, with, Film Foundation behind it, you can be certain. And with mm -hmm. Martin Scorsese's connection with uh, Criterion, it it will very likely wind up on the uh, on the back in the collection as an upgrade. Yeah. Yep. Can't wait. And uh, and then also uh, coming to the collection, uh, we we had been hinted at this uh, 
uh, Miranair's uh, Mississippi Masala, and mm-hmm. that I, I believe I believe that she actually leaked it, and this time she said it'll be this year. So uh, we have that to look forward to. Again, yeah, it seems like we know uh, at least a, a dozen of the, uh, the 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 latter half of this year titles, and a pretty good idea on the box sets too. I think with uh, with the um, Romare uh, details coming out. So, uh, have you seen this? Uh, no, I never have. I, I, I've I've seen several films by the year, but that's not one of them. Same here, which I think is great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. See it for the first time. I can't wait for it. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's really all the all that's happened. Um, you want to just run through uh, some just traditional show stuff? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, well, what, what was your take on uh, the May announcements? I know Josh and I talked about it, but uh, and I, I still haven't seen a few of these. Uh, I've seen Trances, Fast Times, and Nightmare Alley. But uh, what about you? I've seen Trances. Uh, I saw Fast Times about 20 years ago. I don't remember hardly anything about it. And I've seen uh, Merrily We Go to Hell. And how was that? I I enjoyed it. It's not a film that you're going to think a lot about later. And, uh, of course, there are certain qualities about it, which I'm sure uh, would appeal to uh, Criterion to want that film on their collection, uh, in their collection. It's, uh, of course, directed by a, a woman director. That's Dorothy Arzner. Mm-hmm. And it's pre-code. So that's 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 uh, two things in its favor right there. Oh, nice. But, and it's got some good performances by Frederick March and Sylvia Sidney. It's probably my best... Uh, uh, my favorite film that she's in, and uh, but the story uh, uh, may seem kind of quaint now, but I can imagine in 1932 how it 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 could have been out there as far as as films go, and maybe it's one of the films that caused the the code to come into being because it talks about uh, extramarital affairs, like in open marriages. It talks about, uh, of course, a very real. Uh, story of, of alcoholism too. So yeah, I can, I can, I can see there's, there's a reason why, uh, Criterion would want it. Okay. Wow. Well, I'm now I'm more excited. Um, yeah. And I, I, Jill is a big, uh, Jill Blake is a big, uh, uh Freddie March uh, fan. So, um, I've, I've already talked to her about it, so I yeah. want to come there, but, uh, uh, are you excited about, uh, the, uh, Flowers of Shanghai or Nightmare oh, yes. Alley? Yeah, those two. Yeah. I've heard a lot about, uh, Nightmare Early Alley, and I've heard nothing about Flowers of Shanghai, which is what I normally want. I I want usually go into a film cold, but uh, in this case, Hu Shaoxin, I'm I'm looking forward to him entering into the collection uh, as a director, and uh, just uh, uh, I'm looking at this cover art right now, and yeah, I'm just blown away. It's yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, I yeah. I like to go in blind as well, but I did watch the trailer. And what's nice about Criterion trailers is they don't give anything away, and you right. get just a taste of the, what the, really the visual style to expect. Uh, it's not like those Hollywood trailers where you're gonna have a scene from the end of the movie. Um, right. And um, and it looks gorgeous. Just those yeah. uh, War and Peace was a good example of that. They had a great trailer, War and Peace. Uh, yeah. Of course, a lot of people know how that ends anyway. Um, all right. Well, do you have a, a short take? Uh, anything you've seen from Criterion lately? I know you watch a lot, so this will be good. Yeah. Um, my short take is the films of Vittorio Di Setta. Uh, they are now streaming on the channel, and I'm almost, you know, 99% certain that we're going to get a box set of them. 
uh, first of all, they're they were restored by the Film Foundation, and Martin Scorsese is always talking about them. Uh, the thing about it's a set of ten documentaries. They're all very short, uh, less than two hours running time among the ten films. Okay. They were filmed back in the fifties, from between nineteen fifty four and nineteen fifty nine, and uh, by a director that I had never heard of before. You know, an Italian director. He was born in. I think he was born in Sicily or somewhere in southern Italy, and this is where the films are set. And it's basically about the people, the common people who just live and work in these remote areas of Italy. And it was they were filmed at a time whenever, uh, you know, almost all films, you know, Italy were set in Rome or Milan, you know, the big cities. And and so these people, it, it's funny. You can uh, they already have two supplements on the channel which seems like they're already starting to build a box set for them. But there's a, uh, there's a an interview with the director. He, he passed away just about 10 years ago, but there's an interview with him that was recorded just before his death, and he talks about his process, about how um, one of the few filmmakers in Italy who actually recorded live sound, which is, if you know the films of Italy, uh, you know that yeah, for decades, everything fair. was in post-production, yeah. And uh, and they're just gorgeous, just to watch. And some of them are even widescreen, which means that, uh, I'm not sure uh, who backed him. Maybe maybe he had government backing back then. But to be able to 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 take a crew, uh, probably a small crew, just a few probably camera and sound men, but able to go to it, go down uh, into these remote areas of Sicily and um, and uh, Calabria, and and make these documentaries. You know, and something. You know, I, I, there's a of the ten. They're varying qualities, but every one of them is worth watching. Uh, I especially recommend uh, one of the last ones. It's called A Day in uh, Barbagia, which is, uh, I think that's the one that's 20 minutes long. That's the, the longest one. But there's also ones called the, uh, the Golden Parable, which I recommend, and also one called Fishing Boats. So, yeah, that's uh, that's my short take for now. That sounds great. Uh, your short take about shorts, <laughs> 10 yeah, shorts. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a a short take on that was ten short takes. Ten short takes, yeah, that's the most short takes <laughs> in the history of the show. Uh, yeah, no, that would be great, and that would make sense uh, if it's only two hours total. That that could just be one disc, and and uh, yeah. kind of like the Jean Vigo, you know, that was yeah. they were able to squeeze right. all his films in one disc. So yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I say box set, but then I realize, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, you're right. Single that's spine. one disc. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or, or even Scorsese, his shorts. You know, those there were only four, but uh, they are more. I think there were five or so. Anyway, well, mine is uh, Pichote. So I'm I'm trying to catch up on uh, a lot of the recent releases. It's really tough when you have uh, you know a lot of box sets. You know, I, I did finish the Benoel. I'm working on the Fellini, getting close, and then there's of course the WCP. So I have a, a disc remaining of that. Um, Pichote is uh, I I think that. That was as widely considered to be the highlight of the uh, WCP3 disc. Uh, it's a, a early Brazilian film, or yeah, Brazilian, right? Yeah, right. Um, and it's about. It's. I would like to say it's a coming of age film. I'd. I'd say it's more of a being of age film, if that makes sense. Uh, and uh, and yes, it's it's very riveting. Uh, you know, it's, it's an art film, but they really do capture. You know, a, a, a culture uh, within kids, uh, criminal kids that exist in well, in a lot of places, but especially in Brazil at that time. And 
uh, what's interesting is I, I I learned that the the male actor you know he's he's super effective at, at this role he does a great job but he's he's young he's uh I think the character's twelve and I think the actor was not too um not not too much older than that and um and yeah and yeah he does some things that uh, that yeah if you're a parent you wouldn't want him doing in a film or in real life but uh, but the um th- this character w- actually did live like the um. Or this actor lived like the character in real life, so this was sort of his own story, and he actually didn't didn't live. Uh, um, I think he was gone before he's twenty, so that's that's sad. But uh, but yeah, what a performance, and um, and yeah, one of the uh, I think the crown jewels of w- WCP. I was really uh, pleased with it. So yeah, that's that's just the gift that keeps on giving those uh, those film foundation Scorsese boxes. Uh, hoping we'll get uh, another one. Um, probably not this year, but. Maybe in the next year or two, as they uh, as they add to that collection. Uh, have you seen Pichote yet? I think it was on the channel, wasn't it? Yes, I saw it back in the probably '90s, maybe a few years after it came out on VHS. And uh, of course, that was uh, I was blown away by it back then, and then didn't see it again for about 20 years when it came on the channel. About uh, I think it was first on Filmstruck, and then it got transferred to the Criterion Channel, and saw it then. And I'm not pulled out my disc yet, so I'm I'm I think that the the version on the channel is the restored version, mm. but I've I've not pulled out my disc from from my box set of those. But uh, eventually, I want to get around to seeing that. I have seen a few more of the films in that third volume, and I, I recommend those as well. But Pichot, it, it it was one of the films where I was surprised was going to be in a box and not have a standalone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of like flowers of Shanghai, you know, that's, uh, you, you would expect something like that as well, but, but, um, or even like the color of pomegranates, that was a, a, mm-hmm. a WCP film that got a standalone, but yeah, but I, I'm glad it's out there. I just wish there were more, uh, supplements to it. If it had a standalone, we would have gotten that. Yeah. Well, and maybe one day we'll get one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like Talking and about Tuki that, Buki. Yeah. yeah. How, how do you feel about that, by the way? Uh, I, I'm OK with it because I want people to see these films. And um, yeah. and I, I and if they're out there. That's great. But again, releasing releasing them uh, standalones, I would want some extra value as well. And in this case, uh, Trances has no new new supplements at all. Uh, Tuki Buki. Uh, which is a, a masterpiece. Uh, they did add a short film to that. And so, uh, but I, I, I will keep, I don't plan on replacing my copy of the box set with a standalone, you know, so, but same, cause the, uh, here, the yeah. short, the short film is available on C- criterion channel. If, if that's, if that's just, if you don't want to feel the need to, to buy the, the, the standalone version. Yeah. I haven't, that that's one I haven't pre-ordered and I don't have plans to, but I, I know that eventually I will, and I don't know why. I just, that's me. So, okay, well, let's uh, just really quick um, have a piece of flair, something that's not about the Criterion uh, channel or or Criterion library. So, Michael, do you have, uh, have you seen anything interesting lately? Oh, yes. I saw a film from 1990 called The Reflecting Skin. It was released last, well, a couple years back on Blu-ray by uh, Film Movement, who now license it within the U.S. It's a British-Canadian film. I think uh, I think the director was British, as Philip Ridley. He um, and it was probably financed by a Canadian uh, concern. So, uh, but it was it was filmed in the U.S. 
and it was uh, it takes place in this mythical kind of American Midwest set in the 1950s, kind of like uh, the opposite of Leave It the Beaver, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 uh, you could also call it a coming of age, but it's more about uh, the horrors of childhood as seen through the eyes of a child, you know, of this boy growing up in this dysfunctional family. He um, what's special about the film is just. Uh, it's it's a gothic horror and that it, it it hints at certain supernatural elements but but there's an explanation that if you just watch it and the, the clues are there that, that 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 most of what you you think of as horror is is happening in the real world you know for instance the older brother just came back from um, from uh, atomic bomb testing in the south south pacific so of course you know you can see what uh, how that can affect him and and his future, but don't want to go into any spoilers here. But uh, it's a quite short film, and for many years it was unavailable to watch because uh, I think it was maybe on VHS and full screen, and uh, there was an early DVD which was also full screen, but this version on Blu-ray is uh, uh, available from Film Movement is now. Uh, uh, it was a director's cut, and it's been remastered into its original aspect ratio. And the photography is just gorgeous. You know, you can imagine, say, um, Terrence Malick, because you know it takes place in the Midwest. You got these big mm. these fields of, of fields of corn and grain and all that. But then, uh, then you you got almost like a Lynchian uh, concept of what's going on in, in this world, where where the real horrors seem to be. Uh, not the supernatural, but 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 the humans that that you have to uh, be concerned about. But yeah, I highly recommend it. And if you don't have the, uh, can't get the Blu-ray from Film Movement, it's available for a short while on the Criterion Channel. Oh great! So, uh, so that's uh, I highly recommend that for those who who subscribe to that channel. Yeah, I just saw you. Uh, the the there is a Blu-ray out there, but there, it's also um, Film Movement Movement has their own streaming service, which I shouldn't be surprised okay. about. And it's about five dollars a month, so you, you know that's the price of a rental. And you know, there's a, there's a trial, so you can watch it there as well. And I, I'm just looking at their library as you. And so they have the the Pauline Kael documentary. They have After the Storm. Uh, so there's there's some good films here. I'm, I'm sure that's that's just tip of the iceberg. Um, well, mine is uh, I. When I've, I've been watching so many Criterion's that I've been looking for some lighter fare uh, uh, to, um, to yeah, especially I, I call them the weekday films, and uh, and so I, I watched uh, I Care a lot, which is on Netflix, I believe. That says something that I can't remember. It might be on HBO Max, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you, you, our listeners can look it up. Um, and this, that's, and I, I'm I'm not a big fan of the Golden Globes, but I I just coincidentally watched it the day before the Globes, and uh, and I didn't know even know that Rosamund Pike was nominated, and then I you know the next day she won, and uh, and I'm not going to say that this is a masterpiece. Um, I'm going to say that it is a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's a really interesting character. Uh, Rosamund Pike is somebody that uh, you know we've seen her for 20 years and you know, she was in she was in Gone Girl right yeah yeah she was yes yes that, that was her really breakout role yeah. in the U.S. and also she was I think she's been a Bond girl and um and she's she's a good actress but this one uh, she was really uh, uh kind of took it to the next level and uh what I liked about this is it's it's fun it's kind of a thriller but also there's a, a little bit of a uh anti-hero situation so she's not she's kind of a villainous character even though she's the protagonist and then you have um 
I forget the the actors. Uh, Peter Dinklage um, played Tyrion. Okay. He's also uh, uh, I guess he's the the technically the the antagonist, but he's also so they're they're both bad people, and mm-hmm. so there is a you know you kind of hope that they both <laughs> fail. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and it's a lot of fun. And um, the, my only quibble with it is that it's uh, the ending is a little pat, and uh, they they do try to um, make a statement about corporate America, which I think is valid. But I think they kind of they hit you with a hammer with, with that. You know, it's not very subtle, and that's actually wrapped into the ending too. Uh, so I, I thought that was a little, yeah, but. I watch it for Pike. Uh, she's a lot of fun, and uh, and yeah, this is one just to kind of turn. I wouldn't say turn off your brain, but uh, just it's an enjoyable watch. So that's that's it, and it's a Golden Globe winner now. So there you go. All right. <laughs> yeah, sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's about it's about uh, uh, she she um, exploits people that need uh, nursing care, basically. So. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. So all right. Well, Michael, thanks for joining me on short notice and talking about. Uh, Paramount stuff and all that. Uh, can people find you anywhere online? I'm uh, available. My lists are available on Letterbox under Michael Hutchins, and uh, you'll find me in the Criterion Now Facebook group uh, quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Also in the Criterion Channel Club Facebook group. Yeah, you do a lot of great work there, and um, I, I'll add, I'm an admin for the uh, the Channel Club group as well. And we're about to pass thirteen thousand people. Uh, I, I'm my goodness. I, I know. I'm really tickled that it's grown. And uh, there are some some issues occasionally, but um, but it's it's not bad. I there's you know I've seen other large groups that uh, that will just say I don't enjoy as much, and yeah. I think I think you probably feel the same way. Uh, yeah, somebody t- today um, uh, Facebook uh, uh, so they were posting about uh, Brie's Fat Girl, and Facebook uh, bl- turned it off due to um, said that, that that was hate speech because. Huh. Fat girl. I think they their algorithms thought that uh, this person was calling somebody else a fat girl. Um, so oh my goodness! It's a little, little silly, but anyway, yeah. The Channel Club and and now I think uh, have good stuff coming or good stuff on, on on those those groups. All right, Michael. Well, enjoy the rest of your evening. Um, thanks for for joining. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. had a had a good time. Great discussion. <laughs>